Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And welcome to the Believe in Pit Football Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl and Jerry DePaula of the Tribune Review. Guys, uh, ACC Championship Week. This Saturday, the Pitt Panthers take on Wake Forest in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. And, you know, before we dive into that, um, Kenny Pickett today was announced as the ACC player of the year and the offensive player of the year for the ACC. Jerry, I mean, that is just, you know, to see where the season started and to see where uh, you know, Kenny Pickett really started from the Miami game long time ago, what, four or five years ago. Um, and now, you know, he's getting honors like ACC player of the year, offensive player of the year in the ACC. Uh, the awards are going to start flowing. And obviously his contention for the Heisman Trophy. Um, I mean, it's pretty amazing to see the development and, you know, how Kenny Pickett is finishing as a, 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 a college quarterback here at the University of Pittsburgh. Well, 11 months ago, when, when, when Kenny said he was coming back, you couldn't anticipate or predict that he would have this kind of season. You thought he would have a good season. You, you thought he would be the best thing for Pitt. You know, you get a veteran quarterback and run Mark Whipple's offense for third year in a row. But you can't predict he would throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. That, that just never happens. Now, he's the first Pitt uh, player to uh, win ACC Player of the Year since James Conner in 2014. And uh, the, the kid has worked so hard. I mean, we talked to some defensive players today, Hopkirk Baldonado and uh, Kalijah Kansi, and they were saying that they saw this in Kenny in practice because they just couldn't solve his offense when he was running the offense in practice. And they knew he would be able to, would be able to carry that over into games, and he has been able to carry that over. Uh, and, and all because, I believe, an offensive line that it seems to be getting better, even with the injuries, they seem to be doing okay. Although he could, they could have protected him a little bit better, I think. You had two or three sacks in, uh, in several games in a row recently. But the receivers have really stepped up. I mean, Taysier Mack, you know, he was one of the best receivers on the team. He's missed three games in a row, and it's almost like you never missed him. Uh, the guy's a great acrobatic receiver. He's going to do well, I believe, in, in the NFL. Uh, but they've just carried on, and Jordan Addison has taken his game to a new level, uh, catching passes left and right. And now he's returning punts. And I, I got to give a, a Pat Narduzzi credit for putting him back to returning punts in that Syracuse game because, uh, my goodness, what if he had gotten hurt, you know, trying to return a punt five yards uh, against Syracuse and then he couldn't play in this game coming up. So Narduzzi rolled the dice and it worked out well. And he didn't pull any punches in that Syracuse game. Everybody played. They probably didn't run their entire offense. I'm sure they saved some some things out of Mark Ripple's playbook and, and Randy Bates and their doozy defensive playbook that they'll spring on Wake Forest coming up on Saturday. But everybody played and everybody played well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm always a little dubious about Pitt, you know, going on and winning big game after big game. But I tell you what, if this game is a blowout or a, an easy Pitt victory, I won't be surprised. Bill, uh, you know, obviously – no, Pitt took care of business uh, this past Saturday against Syracuse. First time in 40 years that the Pitt Panthers have won 10 games in a regular season. Um, we were obviously in 2009, we won 10 games as a whole season. That was with a bowl game included. But, you know, it is impressive that this team 
has gotten to that level. Uh, only two losses on a season, 10 and two, winning the Coastal, heading to Charlotte uh, to play in the ACC championship game. You know, real quick, uh, your first initial thought, like if I hit you with this question, what is your first answer, like a real quick answer? If Pitt wins this game, how much does it mean to the program? But if Pitt loses this game, how much does it mean to the season? I think it it is it will be extremely it, it's two extremes. It's extremely going to be amazing for recruiting, hype next season, rankings, all that great stuff, but then you lose it. It literally like getting it's like getting the legs cut from you and all that stuff, all that hype is just almost for for nothing. You you get to the ship, you get that feeling and then boom, it's gone. So it, it's it's a double extreme, uh, extremely good to extremely disappointing. Jerry, um, you know, 71 and a half is the over under for this game. Do you think that that suffices for um, these this matchup and these two teams? Do you think that's too low? Do you think that's too high of a number? Uh, these are two powerful offenses that can score a lot of points. What's your thoughts on 71 and a half? To me, Doran, and I could be in, in the minority on this. I think it's a little too high. I think we get in a game like this. I think the defenses are going to step up early and you're not going to see a lot of scoring right away. Uh, these teams have had you know, 12 games to get ready for this game and, and they, they know each other very well. Clawson knows Narduzzi. Narduzzi knows Clawson from their days working in small college uh, football in New England. And, and, and I really believe that uh, it, it probably will be high scoring, maybe 30s and the 20s. I would get, it may not even get to the 60 or 65. So as high as I think it's going to go, because I think, you know, the defenses are going to uh, turn, turn the ball over a few times. Wake Forest is big on, on getting turnovers. Pitt is second in the nation in sacks. So I, I don't think that uh, Sam Hartman is going to stand back there and, and, and just pick the defense apart all day. He, he may eventually, you know, third quarter, maybe fourth quarter. Uh, but I think uh, it's going to be difficult for Wake Forest to, to get into the 30s in this game. I could be wrong, but I think it's going to be a, a 35-28 game, something, something like that. Uh, if my math is right, that's under 71 and a half. Uh, but I, I think that uh, Pitt's going to win the game. Uh, but I really don't think it's going to be a, a great shootout. We expected a big shootout in the North Carolina game and didn't really get it. Uh, and, and I just think that uh, with so much at stake, I think these teams are going to play a little close to the vest uh, and the defenses are going to step up early until they, the offenses start to solve some problems. See, I, I love the 71 and a half. I think that that's kind of low, honestly, in my opinion. So uh, if, you know, with me, I love the over. I think these two offenses are very uh, powerful. I think that they'll score a lot of points. Almost reminds me of Virginia uh, and, and Pitt a couple weeks ago. I think that they're going to go back and forth up and down the field. Um, it's going to go shot for shot. So I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. And I'm probably going to take the over. And if I'm going to take the over, I'm going to go to bet online. And bet online remains – your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts we're going to head into DePaul's debriefs right now. And Jerry, you know, I, what was your schedule this week? Um, did, did the team head down early? Did they head down already? I mean, what's kind of going on? And what is the the flavor and the mood this week with the Pitt Panthers down at the facility? 
it's actually pretty normal. They're not leaving until Friday. And they have some, uh, uh, I think Pratt Narduzzi has some uh, obligations there on Friday. And the team will probably be able to walk through with the stadium on Friday. Uh, but they had a normal week, uh, except we didn't have a Monday news conference with Narduzzi because he did a Zoom conference, a conference call Sunday night. Uh, and then we had our regular availability Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, my favorite day of the week. We sit down with Pat Narduzzi in, in a big conference room back there and we just sort of chat. You know, it's not like an interview. It's kind of a kind of a off the cuff, not not necessarily off the record, but off the cuff, a casual thing. And we're doing that just like any other game. And uh, they're practicing Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday like any other game. The only wrench that was thrown into the works this week was a report that the flu was going through the pit locker room. And Kenny Pickett uh, was asked about that today. He, he spoke to us today after practice, and he said, yeah, he had a little touch of the flu at, at some point a few days ago. Uh, he's feeling much better today. And uh, the quote was, I'm good to go. I just posted a story on that just at triplelive.com just a minute ago. He said he's good to go for Saturday. He looked good. He didn't look like he was sick. I mean, if I hadn't you know, known about the, uh, the flu going around, I would have never guessed that he had any kind of a problem with it because he looked good. He talked good. He was standing up. Standing up straight like he always does, singularly focused on the task at hand, did not look sick. So hopefully, whatever it was, it's gone and uh, it won't be a factor Saturday night. Bill, you know, going into Saturday night, um, you know, in, in the preparation for this game, and I've asked you this question a couple times this season with Sam Howe and Kenny Pickett, um, even, you know, Brennan Armstrong and Kenny Pickett. Now it's Sam Hartman in Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman being the quarterback of, of Wake Forest. And I looked at a, a list today, and Sam Hartman is low on the list, but he's on the list for the Heisman ballot, um, for the Heisman Trophy. So, uh, you know, going into this game, knowing what rides um, on this game for Kenny Pickett, you know, what is that competition like, knowing that you kind of have to outdole the other guy across from you? Um, are you more focused on that, knowing where – you know, you're at and, you know, in, in the accolade process, obviously it comes, teams come, the team comes first, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, all right, like if I outduel this guy, then I can raise my chances of being uh, a legit candidate for the Heisman. What is the thought process going against another high tier quarterback? Yeah, it, it's the, the competitive juices. Once you look and really, you know, just get, get outside of the game plan and really look in between the lines of like quarterback versus quarterback, you you know like I knew when I was going against Jimmy Clausen like I actually watched a little bit of his stuff I'm like all right well I, yeah this guy's talented his footwork his his release you know, the way he just you know all all those things so you, he's looking he sees it he he's a fan because he's, he's he's a true competitor quarterback but he he shows respect i guarantee kenny loves the game enough to show respect to other great quarterbacks and, and give props where where it's due but he's 100 saying um i know by just taking care of business of winning the game i have a better chance of having big, better stats on this guy and i'm going to outperform him uh but I, it's not necessarily in my opinion going to be like a factor for kenny but He's definitely thought of it. He's he's like, yeah, I, I'm going to outperform this cat. I, I I know who I have. I know my receivers, and uh, no one's been able to stop us thus far. Uh, and I don't see any reason why a Wake Forest is going to stop a Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison, and 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 company. Uh, I don't see that happening. But he's absolutely wanting to not just win, but absolutely outduel a, a, a top tier quarterback. Absolutely.
Jerry, um, you know, I had to ask you this question. Um, you know, Brian Kelly, the head coach of Notre Dame, former head coach of Notre Dame, left Notre Dame to take the head coach job at LSU. And there's a coaching carousel going on right now. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma goes to USC. And there's a lot of big contracts going around. Um, if you look around and you do some digging, you might find Pat Narduzzi's name on a list for potential head coaching candidates for Notre Dame. What's your thoughts on that? And how true is, is that whole uh, situation? Well, I, I don't think you have to dig too deep to find his name on some of these lists. Uh, some, some of these national writers, you know, feel obligated to put out uh, names of uh, potential candidates for, for jobs. And I think Pat Narduzzi with a 10 and two record, you know, on the eve of the ACC championship game, uh, and the second time he's been in the ACC championship game, by the way, I, I think that puts him right up there as far as a, a coach at some schools, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be Notre Dame or, or uh, some other school, you know, but I think he puts his name uh, in the, in the conversation. Now, whether he's the first choice for Notre Dame, I don't think he would be, I could be wrong. Uh, I think Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is their first choice. And I think Notre Dame's going to take its time to hire a coach. They're not going to hurry up and do it. And, and, and uh, like uh, USC and, uh, and, uh, LSU did. <clears throat> I think they're willing to wait for a guy like Luke Fickle to finish up his season and go to the final four, which he probably will, uh, and, and play that out, you know, do the right thing with his Cincinnati Bearcat team and then worry about another job after that. Uh, and Arduzzi probably would do the same thing. There was a tweet that came out last week uh, from Dennis Dodd and another national college football writer who said if, and this is a big if, he said, uh, he would go, if Narduzzi would go somewhere else, he wouldn't go until after the ACC championship game. Uh, which was good to know, but it sort of came out of nowhere. It's kind of a sudden and random uh, tweet because, uh, you know, I really wasn't thinking about Pat Narduzzi as a candidate at, at a place like Notre Dame or any place else. Uh, now, the thing is, he has a contract through 2024, okay? Now, that's three more seasons left on his contract. In this day and age, that's not a lot of time. He's already served. I shouldn't say served. It's not a jail term. But he's, he's already spent four out of his seven years of a seven-year contract you know, it, it pit and, and more than half of it, is, it will be gone after this season. And, you know, Pitt really did him a, a big favor. I thought a big, did a, a good thing by him when they signed him to an extension in 2017, coming off a five and seven season, uh, you know, and, and they, he turned it into a coastal championship the year after that. And they won eight games a year after that last year was COVID and you throw that away. And now all of a sudden they're 10 and two and ranked number 15 in the country. So yeah, his name is going to be mentioned and probably mentioned behind closed doors in, in some in some of these schools. And he, he's a guy who's been around a long time, he has a great reputation, is a defensive mind. And a lot of Pitt fans don't like his defense, and, you know, by the way he puts his cornerbacks on islands and, and uh, something get beat by the the, the, the deep pass. Uh, but I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good coach, a good recruiter. He's run a great, great program at Pitt. He, I thought Paul Chris had the program pointed in, in the right direction, but um, Pat Narduzzi has taken what Chris did several steps further and uh, done, done a great job. And I, I really believe that Heather Lyke and Patrick Gallagher, the chancellor, are probably sitting maybe even this afternoon sitting there talking about, should we extend this guy? You know, James Franklin's extended to 2031 at Penn State. Mel Tucker's extended until 2031 at Michigan State. Um, Pat Narduzzi is only signed to 2024. Uh, and, and for a lot less money than those guys are making, a lot less money than, than Brian Kelly and, and Lincoln Ryan are going to be making. Um, but, you know, I think it's time maybe 
maybe after the season, who knows? Maybe there'll be some kind of grand announcement before kickoff Saturday night. I, I think it's going to happen. You know, I just have a feeling it's going to happen. I'm not, I don't, I don't know when. I don't have any official word on this. I just feel that if they want, if they like Pat Narduzzi and they want to keep him, they got to sign him to an extension. Maybe not through 2031, but uh, for at least a few more years, I would think. And that would be just my thoughts of it. Maybe I'm wrong. You know what? Like, I- I'm not a-, a true journalist and, you know, I don't like dig into to find stories and I don't really make up things when I talk about it. I usually talk from the heart and talk from experience. Um, but there was a situation I was laying there last night. There's a situation that I played in my head and I'm not stirring anything right now. But this is the situation that I thought that probably could happen. This is the most possible thing that I think that could happen with Pat Narduzzi. Yeah, he may be a candidate. And I want to get your two thoughts on it, uh, you know, each of you, um, if this could happen. Um, Pat Narduzzi is a candidate. He's on a list for Notre Dame. I get that. Um, probably not going to get the Notre Dame job. But who's the head coach at Cincinnati? Luke Fickle, right? Luke Fickle might get the job at Notre Dame. Pat Narduzzi was a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati from 2004 to 2006. Very familiar with Cincinnati. If Luke Fickle leaves, I could see a potential Pat Narduzzi reunion with Cincinnati. Now, the question I have for you guys, is that a lateral move or is that a step up at the, in the coaching uh, ranks? I understand. If you mind, I go, I go first here, Bill. I understand that Cincinnati is having a great season and they're going to be in the Final Four. Uh, but to me, and if Pitt can't compete with Cincinnati as far as salary for head coach and salary for assistant coaches and everything else goes along with it, they're not in the, they're not in the football business. They 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 can't be. Uh, and they cannot. You know, I don't want I don't want to downgrade Cincinnati or disrespect them at all. But Pitt cannot let Pat Narduzzi leave Pitt to go to Cincinnati. Okay, Notre Dame. Okay, it's Notre Dame, the Golden Dome, Touchdown Jesus, all that stuff. But no, you can't let him go to Cincinnati. Uh, you, Michigan state, I could see too. That's where he's from. Even that would, I think would have been a lateral move uh, until this year, Michigan state was a pretty middle of the road, big 10 program. Uh, they're play, playing better this year, obviously. Uh, but, uh, if it, Narduzzi leaves, it, it'll be because Pitt should, it should be because Pitt can't compete with whatever salary he's going to bring down at his new place. Uh, but Pitt should easily be able to compete at least on the same plane with Cincinnati. That would be, uh, to me, it'll be a disaster if they lost him to Cincinnati. Bill, uh, yeah, I, I'm. My eyes perked, my head looked up as soon as you, as soon as you start, as soon as I realized where you were going, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" If that does happen, there's going to be a lot of bitter ass people out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. uh, but to answer your specific question, Doran. Uh, I think it's more of a lateral move because I, I could see them. I can see Cincinnati going in there and laying an egg, you know, and, and this final four type of thing, man. And, and, and if they do that, then it's, it's going to be another multiple years until they could try to sneak back in type of thing. You know, you know what I mean? It's uh, and to the Jerry's point, Pitt should absolutely be able to compete contractual and financially with with a Cincinnati type of program. Um, I, I don't. I think Narduzzi, in in the most positive, competitive type of way, and and I, this is not a knock. I think his ego is too big to 
to take that more level type of jump of a program. I think if he's going to, he wants more of a challenge to be like, I'm stamping my mark on something like a Notre Dame, like a, like a bigger tier program that he's on national TV every single weekend. Uh, I, I think that would be more of a Narduzzi move because he, he knows what it's like to be at that big time. I mean, he, he was at Michigan State. He had a number four defense in, in the country for multiple years and in, in contention for Big Ten championships to and at that time to be in contention for a BCS game, you know. So I, I, I think it's, it would be more of a lateral type of move and not – I don't want him to do it. <laughs> I don't want him to do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, no, it's, yeah, that's, if, that's, that's how I'm feeling. If he does go – uh, it's because Pitt didn't step up and, and Pitt didn't do what needs to be done. To keep I agree. And, and and that would be I agree. Uh, an indictment of, of, or at least an indication that maybe Pitt thinks it can do better if, if they let him go somewhere else. Uh, I, I know for a fact, at least they, uh, in, in the in the past, that uh, Heather Like and Patrick Gallagher have really liked Pat Narduzzi and they have a great, uh, great working relationship with him. And they think he's done a good job with the program. And uh, I think, you know, again, I could be wrong about this, but I think they're going to announce an extension for him, you know, maybe at the end of the season, you know, maybe before next season, because um, you don't want to get too deep into that contract, you know, without some years beyond it. Because right now, the kids he's recruiting who are going to be signing letters of intent in a couple of weeks here, uh, right now they have no guarantee that Pat Narduzzi will be there for the entire their entire four-year term at Pitt because he only has three years, three more seasons left on his contract. So, it's very difficult to recruit under those circumstances. And I think, uh, I, I really think that, you know, Pitt's going to step up and take care of that uh, in, in the coming months, weeks or months. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, Speak for Yourself uh, yesterday and uh, Marcellus Wiley was talking about how everybody can be bought. Me, you, uh, if you name a price, you're probably going to take that price. So money talks and so do diamonds. Say goodbye to dog gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price of $800 per carat. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They are really, they really do outfit sparkle. They do. I'm sorry. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, Bill, we're going to head into 40 and five with Bill Stahl. Um, all right, Bill. So put yourself in Kenny Pickett's shoes. Uh, win or lose uh, the ACC championship game. Do you play in the bowl game if you're Kenny Pickett? I think he will. If I am Kenny Pickett, I'm thinking about it more than I would. Um, they win and they, they really, you know, they, they're playing, I don't know, an, another type of statement game. I think Kenny's going to be like, uh, opportunity, let's go. Get another win. What it, what it'll be twelve possible twelve win season at that point in time? My goodness, that that hasn't been done since we won the national championship, right? In seventy six. I mean, that's I mean now now we're talking legacy. Now now we're talking. You know, I, I think he already knows individually he'll be taken care of. 
the you know if he just wins and just just keeps winning, he's going to put up numbers. You know, numbers lie. People or people lie. Numbers don't. He's been averaging what he averages for a reason because he's been consistent. And consistently good means you are great. I mean, he's put up numbers that nobody has ever done <laughs> in, in the mm-hmm. ACC. Uh, I think he's going to just continually, continuously put that stamp on his legacy now uh, and really be someone who's never done these things ever. And I think he'll he'll want to play against a top power five type of team like that. Jerry, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think Kenny Pickett will play in the bowl game if win or lose uh, the ACC championship game? Well, we really don't know these guys well enough to make these kind of statements. I think I've known Kenny for a, a, a long time, you know, but just sort of in five or 10 minute uh, intervals, interviewing him during the week or after a game. So you really don't know what he's thinking. Uh, but it's my way of thinking if Pitt wins and goes to a New Year's Six Bowl, and one of the things being discussed is a Peach Bowl uh, against Ole Miss, which would be an interesting uh, game. Also, Notre Dame and the Fiesta Bowl has been mentioned, too, uh, if Notre Dame doesn't go to the Final Four. Um, but I think Kenny's going to want to play in a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl, for sure. If it's Fiesta, if it's Peach, one of those bowls, I think he'll play. Um, they lose the Wake Forest, and they end up going to a lesser bowl. Um, then maybe he starts to think, I, I don't know, I, I, I hate to speak for him, but then maybe he started to think about, oh, what, what if I play in the military bowl in, in, in Annapolis, Maryland, and, and I get hurt and I can't uh, work out at the combine in, in a couple months, you know, and that's something he might want to think about. I don't know. I'd have to, you know, ask him about it. And right now he's not in any kind of mood to take questions like that. Uh, but I think it's a thought that will c- come into his mind if, if it does lose and they end up going to a lesser bowl. But it's a major bowl. I think definitely he'll play. I think winning 12 games would be important to him at that point and sticking with his teammates. He's been such a loyal guy. You know, he's been behind these guys, you know, from the beginning, working out in the summer. Uh, To me, you know, to to take the last game off doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't seem right. Now, it made me think about a question for you guys. When you guys were playing, you know, 10, 15 years ago, this wasn't an issue, was it? I mean, when Jonathan Baldwin was the first-round draft pick, uh, he played in the bowl game the previous year, right? He didn't, yeah. He didn't, yeah. Right. And no, nobody was opting out in those days, were they? Why? Nope. Why all of a sudden is it because of the money is bigger, or, or what is it? It, it wasn't even a, a topic of conversation whenever we we were playing, Dorn. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, if if people weren't playing it in bowl games or championship games like that, it was because they were hurt. I think I think it was the perception of like you know you actually thought that NFL teams would like you know give you a derogatory mark on your profile if like you did do something like that. So you wanted to show your loyalty um, to the to NFL uh, organizations that you know I'm here till the end. I'm gonna stick it out with my teammates. I'm a team player. Um, but somewhere along the line in the past what five years, somebody figured out that that doesn't matter. <laughs> You know, that doesn't matter. You're going to get – I'm going to get drafted regardless um, because I'm – you know, this is where my draft grade is at, and I'm that good. I'm that athletic. I'm that, um, you know, highly touted of a football player. So somebody found out. Maybe – I forget. Maybe it was like Christian McCaffrey or somebody did it first. I can't remember who did it first. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, now, what gets me is that Micah Parsons, Penn State linebacker, missed the entire season, entire the 2020 season, right. season. And then he was, what, picked 11th overall. 
in, in, in the draft a couple months later. Uh, and McCaffrey, you know, was a high pick too. And he didn't play in the bowl game. Uh, but it's just funny how it's become a, become a thing now uh, here in, in 2021, where in 2010, it wasn't an issue. It's just amazing to me how and what's changed. I mean, the money is still big. Uh, you still had those guys still had a lot to lose by getting hurt in a bowl game. But, I feel they, it, but, but they played. I feel like there were a lot more guys who thought they needed an extra game. Like, hey, like I knew I was one of them. I'm like, oh, holy crap. Like, there's not there's not a chance that I'm not playing in this game. <laughs> like the point. And, yeah, and I was point. not like I needed the extra film. Like there, there's you can only have so many first round, first day picks. You know what I mean? So like well, those are those are really the only guys that are doing it, right? Totally. Like the, the top fifteen, top twenty picks of the draft, they think that they are, right? You would you you would hope so. I mean Right, right. But does I Kenny mean, need but, any more video? I don't think Ken, Kenny's already put up a pretty good resume, right? Absolutely, but now now we're talking a character of 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 a of a person who we all know and we can obviously say Kenny is a high character type of person. And absolutely, his loyalty speaks for itself. That's a big uh, point. Yep. So I mean, I, I think it would. We're obviously not putting words in his mouth. Obviously, all all opinions here and everything. But I think it's obvious to to us that he would be remain loyal and and play that game because I feel like you know there's other guys out there that need a couple extra passes from a Kenny Pickett or uh, you know you know what I mean like having Kenny on the field is obviously bringing everyone else's game to a higher level. So if they bring that A game to a old Miss and they ball out, oh my goodness, now you have another huge, huge type of win and you ball out on that type of you know platform. Now you're a draft stock who may have been a free agent, could now you could you could be drafted. And that that's a huge difference in a whole heck of a lot of things. So I, I want to present this question to you guys, and you might not have the answer, but I kind of just want to float this out there to see, like, if this could happen. Um, if you're the bowl committee, say you're the Peach Bowl, and say Pitt's going to the Peach Bowl, and you get wind that Kenny Pickett might not play, the, one of the best players in the country, can't you offer a weak contract NIL deal to represent the Peach Bowl and pay him to actually play in the game? I assume that's, that's legal. I mean, you you, you can get it, these like guys if I, today. If I was a bowl committee, that's what I would do. I would be like, oh, oh, um, you know, who's that's coming out this year? You know, who's coming out this year? What's the biggest player coming out? I'd be like, oh, you, well, your team isn't making it to the playoffs, but you're playing in a bigger bowl or even a, a mid, mid-sized mid bowl. Oh, I'll give you X amount of dollars to come for a week and play in the bowl. But but you know what? They can't offer enough money because, you know, these guys are talking about multi-million dollar contracts at, at risk. If they get hurt in one of those bowl games, and I don't know. I mean, if some if somebody's going to offer me a contract fifty thousand for a week, I'm probably going to take that. But also, guys, we're 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 forgetting something that that was done back when we were playing and when we were young. There were guys in HB Blades who who've taken out insurance policies on on themselves uh, to guarantee that, like, hey, if I get hurt, uh, I'm going to make sure that you know I'm projected to be such and such draft pick which guarantees X amount of money. Like you could put the logistics to it and ballpark a number. And I guarantee there's some guys out there that are probably like, Hey, I'm, you know, probably maybe they're financial people or their, or their agents who handle the NIL deals are like, Hey, you want to play? I'm going to solidify my investment and make sure that everyone, you know, financially gets a little something 
of what of what you're worth in case something physically does happen. That did happen back in the day, back when we were playing. Uh, yeah, I think they did that before I, the season, right? Right? Do you have to do it before the season? I I, I knew that that I, I think like I think Sean Lee did there that are rules. Somebody. Yeah, there are stipulations and rules and think. I mean, I I don't think you know you can go you know, ball out the rest of the, you know, half the season and then right, all of a sudden, hey, I'm taking this out. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how that, how that works, but why the heck couldn't you do it now? Well, uh, yeah, it happened to hit Pitt last year. Uh, Rashad Weaver and DeMar Hamlin didn't play in the last game against Georgia Tech because it was a meaningless game and, and almost a meaningless season. Pitt wasn't even going to a bowl game that year because of COVID and everything else. Uh, so it, it has happened to guys who weren't picked high. Hamlin and, and Weaver weren't high draft picks, but they were still thinking about their their future uh, by by uh, not playing mm-hmm. in that last game against Georgia Tech. And you know, I, I don't think Kenny would do that. I really don't. He's the quarterback yeah. number one, and, and number two, you know, even if it's a lesser bowl, if they lose the Wake Forest and play in a lesser bowl game, you know, winning eleven games is still important uh, mm-hmm. to him. And I think his teammates are important to him too. And he's not going to want to let them down. That's just my feeling. And you know, we'll see what happens, but that's the way I, that's why I look at it. I totally agree, Jerry. And, uh, you know, uh, let's go around the horn real quick. What's one thing Pitt has to do to come out, uh, the ACC champions against Wake Forest. I'll start first. I think that they need a, they really need to get some stops on defense and not just stops. They need to get turnovers. They need to intercept, uh, Sam Hartman. They need to create some fumbles. They need to get some fumble recoveries, maybe even throw special teams in there, uh, special teams, touchdown, um, to kind of slow that offense down. And, you know, they really have to be in their P's and Q's and in the right spots. And I was talking to uh, Chris Peak of the Panther Lair this week, and I said that there's nothing drastic that Pitt has to do on defense to change their defense, but this game is all about tendencies. And that's what, you know, you learn the tendencies in college a lot, but in the NFL, that's one thing that, you know, guys really amp their their games to another level is finding ten- tendencies on the opponent and who you're going against. And if Pitt can find a tendency that Sam Hartman does, you know, whenever he does the RPOs and, and the things of that nature, um, and they can get a little, uh, you know, an edge on him, you know, for that, I think that that is where Pitt will flourish. They need to find some tendency. Maybe it's a guard doing something different whenever he does that. Something, it, they have to figure that out. So Pitt has to be in the right positions. They can't give up any, uh, you know, big plays, and they have to create turnovers. That's my one thing that uh, Pitt has to do in order to come out ACC champions. Uh, Jerry? Um, my, my thought is stop the mesh. You guys know what I'm talking about with the mesh. I, I've never seen that before, Bill. If you, a quarterback actually takes two or three steps toward the line of scrimmage after he gets the snap and holds the ball in the belly of the running back before he either gives it to the back or pitches it out or throws a pass. Uh, it seems to me that he's walking into, into danger by walking toward the line of scrimmage. Here comes Kalijah Kansi up the middle. Here comes uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk Baldonado off the end. Uh, and they only take, have to take a few, few steps to get to him because the quarterback is going toward them. And, and I think if... It's worked for Wake Forest. Obviously, they have a great offense this year, but it just seems like straight. Have you ever seen that, Bill? Uh, have you ever done the mesh before? A handoff like that? I'm going to say I did it right before I transferred from Mount Lebanon High School. So you, you did it at Mount Lebanon? <laughs> we we did, did it at Mount Lebanon? Yeah, we, we did the run, you know, all that read and this. And I'm like, hey, I, I, I this ain't me. I, I, don't, I don't do this. When are we going to throw the ball? But yeah, I, Jerry, that, that, it, it seems very much uh, counterproductive when you're taking a lateral step when you're a quarterback in that guard tackle 
gap area where it's a whole heck of a lot closer to get to get your you know to get hit, uh, which doesn't make sense. But I think you know I think it goes to Doran's point. Schematically, they're going to figure out some type of way to get pressure in those gaps to to stop whatever's working for them. I really think Pitt's going to win. And it's not going to be a low-scoring game, but it's, not, it's going to be under the number. If anybody wants to take my advice over Doran's advice, I think mm-hmm. to get, it's going to be under 71 and a half. Um, if you want me to make a prediction, I'll pick Pitt 35, uh, uh, Wake Forest 28. All right, that'll, Bill. That'll cover the three-point spread, too. So I'm I'm right with you, Doran, uh, as far as the turnover. I, I think to answer your question, the turnover margin, I think Pitt has to be plus two on that. Uh, whether no turnovers for Pitt and the defense has to come up and come up with a strip sack fumble, uh, a pick, something to where they catch an extra possession and then score on that. I, I think they're going to have to steal a possession here or there. Uh, but I'm looking for that. I think that has to be done in the first half uh, because I really believe with everything that's on the line, these coaches are going to be so mentally prepared that halftime adjustments are going to be extremely, extremely crucial to figure out, to Doran's point, what the heck are the schemes? Like, legitimately, what are they doing now? Like, we've had a whole half of freaking football. What are they doing? What are we getting beat on? And how the heck can we stop or slow down what they're doing that's that's hurting us? Hopefully, it they don't have to make adjustments. Hopefully they're not hurting us. Hopefully we're up by multiple touchdowns like, like, you know, early on in the game and we're getting pressure from our front seven and, and creating turnovers in the secondary, but it all sounds great, but I think it's going to be that type of shootout. I I think it's going to be a white knuckle type of game where we're gripping on to our seats. We're holding on to our remotes and it's good. 45, 44, type of thing uh and i think kenny leads us home i, I really do i think it's 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 been kenny at 45 or 45 44 pit and kenny's kenny's bringing it home all right that's a close score and uh you know my prediction is 48 45 it's gonna be a close game but a lot Ooh. of points scored it's gonna come down to the end of the game i think a field goal is going to win the game and pit is going to be victorious and they will win the ACC championship game for 2021. For myself, for Bill, for Jerry, this is Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Bet Online. Pit Panthers take on Wake Forest in the ACC championship game this coming Saturday, 8 p.m. Bank of America Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. We'll see you next time. <laughs>